We've got a couple folks handing out packets for you guys, note packets for you. You'll want to get a hold of one of those if you don't have one already. And what we're going to do while people are filtering in here, I'll just give you a, a quick um, agenda. So we'll probably do a just a little bit of teaching. We'll walk through some scripture. We'll walk through kind of some principles for understanding spiritual gifts, which is our topic today. And then um, we're going to do a workshop. I'm going to give you guys a, a tool. Uh, some of you have probably taken them in the past, a tool for, uh, that'll just help you. It's some surveys and assessments that'll help you assess kind of how God has wired you and shaped you for ministry. We're all called into full-time ministry, I believe. Not all of us vocationally necessarily. But we're all called to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, and that means we're all called into full-time ministry. And so this will help you. For many of you, we've met with you in membership interviews and such, and uh, many of you have told us, um, just like over and over again, it was a regular rhythm of uh, all of our meetings with you, that you've not really taken spiritual gifts assessments. That's been something that you've, maybe someone's told you, I think you have the gift of XYZ, but you've never really taken an assessment and never really spent a lot of time on that. So we're hoping this will be really helpful for you guys, really encouraging for you, uh, that it'll, be, it'll give you some results that you can then take back and then kind of pray through and talk through with your community groups, and that that'll help you uh, serve God more and do so with more joy because you're doing so according to the design that God's given you. So that's a little bit of where we're going. We'll do some teaching, we'll do workshop, and then with whatever time we have left, uh, we'll be a team meeting, okay, for, for our breakouts. I think, Travis, do you know differently? Um, I know production and worship is not doing one. Students, it sounds like, is not doing one. So that means it's... It's really kids and me with all the rest. Yeah, is what it sounds like. So we may run... Uh, a little short on time for that. It may only end up being a half an hour or so. We'll just kind of see how it goes and how, how good you guys are at taking uh, tests. So, all right. Okay, well, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll dig in. God, uh, thanks for all these friends gathered here today. Thanks for um, the teaching we've heard this morning for most of us, and uh, for the rest, what we'll hear tonight, uh, just about prayer and about your kingdom coming and your will being done. Um, that's what we want this afternoon as well, as we talk about uh, the work of your spirit in each of your people. Um, your spirit gives each one gifts, your word says, and so um, we want to be about the business of doing what your, what your word says we should do about that, which is to not neglect an, an understanding of our spiritual gifts and to instead uh, to, uh, to fan the flame, the scriptures say, uh, of, of what our gifts are, to develop them and to uh, deploy them in ministry for your glory and for our good. And so I pray that you'd help me to speak clearly about uh, the, those topics uh, for a little bit here and that uh, the tool that we've used is just a, a man-made tool and so it's only as good as, uh, as it is. Uh, but I pray that you'd use it to help us understand how you have wired and equipped us to serve you and that we might have joy in doing that uh, together this afternoon. We pray all this through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okie dokie. Uh, everybody have packets in front of them? Everybody's got notes? Do we have pens? We're, they're going to need pens. You should have them in the chair backs. Okay. Around the Anybody else need one? So there's some that need notes. We may want to go get that. There's a packet of pens in the office if anybody else needs pens. Pens? Everybody has pens. Okay. 
All right, if you don't, you'll need one at some point uh, for our assessments. I'm going to skip past kind of some ground rules. You guys have heard most of this before. We want to make sure that you're thinking about personal application. I'll just kind of rattle through these in summary form on page one there. Make sure you're thinking about personal application as we go through these materials, but then I uh, also want you wearing kind of your leader hat and your ministry hat for the ways that you're influencing others. Many of you are leaders in and around the church. I want you also thinking about how you can give these things away to others as we learn them, okay? Um, page two. What I just wanted to show you here, I'm not going to read through all this, but on page two of your notes, so in each of these discipleship trainings, what we've been trying to do, hopefully, uh, God willing, uh, our mission, our values, our beliefs, these are all things that uh, we're hoping are, are really in keeping with Scripture. And so what I wanted to show you here is just by taking our mission and core values uh, and then a couple pieces from even our covenant member commitments from the membership covenant uh, and the elder commitments, I wanted to highlight, so in the underlying spaces and all of our kind of founding documents are on here saying, as we talk about spiritual gifts, these are the elements of our mission, of our values, of our commitments that we're going to be talking about today. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk about, uh, with respect to our mission, we're going to talk about how we're supposed to be using our gifts to glorify God, the scriptures say, and that just being disciples means using our spiritual gifts and making disciples means helping people, other people understand what their gifts are so they can go and serve. So that's how what we're talking about today affects mission. As we talk about our values, enjoying God, part of our um, using our gifts is us operating according to our divine design, which is going to be the way in which we're going to experience the most joy. And so that's one of the values that we're talking about today as we talk about spiritual gifts. Priority of relationship, all of the things that we do with our gifts are uh, in the context of relationship. And it's all, as all these discipleship trainings have been about, is members being equipped for ministry. Okay. Uh, when it comes to every member being a missionary, we need to know how to use our spiritual gifts so we can go out, uh, to, so we can go out into the world and to uh, be missionaries to an unbelieving world using our gifts to be a witness, the scriptures say. We'll get to verses about that here in a little bit. And then in our covenant commitments, uh, we talk about every member being committed to serving inside and outside the church regularly. As elders, we covenant to love, shepherd, teach, lead, serve, help, equip, protect, and care for the covenant members of the church. We use our gifts in order to, to do the best we can to try and, and lead the efforts around here as well. And so we're all committed to using our spiritual gifts, and we may not have tied the language of spiritual gifts to all these commitments and to all these elements of our values and mission, but they're all in there. And so I just wanted you guys to see that, okay, as we get going. I wanted you to see that. A couple definitions before we dig into core scriptures. So a few of these names you've probably heard. Uh, so J.I. Packer talks about spiritual gifts this way. He says, a spiritual gift is an ability in some way to express, celebrate, display, and so communicate Christ. So as we use our gifts, we're communicating Christ. We're being a witness to an unbelieving world about Jesus by using our gifts. That's one of the things he's emphasizing. Uh, our... Uh, one of our favorite guys uh, as far as uh, theology and those kinds of things, the big blue text that many of us probably have is from Dr. Grudem. And he says that a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. And then he goes on to talk about how this is kind of a broad definition to include things that wouldn't seem so supernatural and also a bunch of things that do seem pretty supernatural. A spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Uh, Burkhoff, who is a Reformed guy that had a, a theology text um, long, long before our, our favorite Dr. Grudem was around, and what he said was this. He said, he, meaning God, God qualifies the church 
for the work of ministry by endowing her with all kinds of spiritual gifts, which aid in the leading of the elect to their eternal destiny. They, our spiritual gifts, are a means of grace through which he, God, works in the hearts of sinners, and their willful neglect can only result in spiritual loss. Isn't that cool? That's a neat statement. I mean, it, it, they're a means of grace. These are meant to be, our spiritual gifts are meant to be a help to us and an encouragement to the body and good for the common good of the capital C church and the local church. A means of grace. That's good language. Okay. Uh, so quickly moving on to just setting the stage for the four main passages that we're going to look at that talk about spiritual gifts. There's some biblical foreshadowing that goes on in the Old Testament. So what we see in the Old Testament is not spiritual gifts in the same sense that we see in the New Testament, where we see each uh, person of God that belongs to God indwelled with the Holy Spirit and having gifts. That's not what we see in the Old Testament. We see instances of folks using the Holy Spirit, using them to do all sorts of things. You think of prophets, maybe as, as one of the most obvious ones of kind of this foreshadowing of what we'll all be able to do in one way, shape, or form in the, under the new covenant. So we've got verses like this from Joel, from the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and maid servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit." So that's the prophet Joel looking forward to the New Covenant, New Testament period of time when all of God's people would be indwelled with the Holy Spirit and have uh, spiritual gifts in a way that they didn't have in the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, before Pentecost in Acts 2, before that happens, uh, we see this foreshadowing of what's to come. So like from Matthew 3.11, this is John the Baptist, and he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So that's a foreshadowing, looking forward to what's about to happen here in just a little bit at that point in Matthew. In Acts 1.8, we have a similar passage uh, where, uh, where Luke is saying, but you will receive, well, Jesus is saying, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Um, so that's a foreshadowing of us having the spirit in a, in a fuller sense and having these spiritual gifts. Okay, let's see here. That was page three. Um, and then we've got passages like this, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which brings together a number of different concepts. Now, spiritual gifts aren't mentioned in this specifically, but it's pulling together this idea of God's sovereign plan and the works that he's created for us to do, that he created before time began for us to do, um, that we would be able to do as these empowered beings that have the Holy Spirit, that have these spiritual gifts. So it's a common verse. You guys know this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we've got a whole bunch of concepts. We've got God's sovereignty. We've got uh, the enabling spirit. And we've got these works set aside for us to, to do using our spiritual gifts that God would give us. That's all happening there in Ephesians 2. Now, moving quickly from there, we're going to look at four or five primary passages that talk about spiritual gifts, that list out the various spiritual gifts that, uh, that the Spirit gives. And so the first one that we're going to look at is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, uh, 28 through 30. But 
I just want to give you guys this. I don't know if it'll be helpful to you, but the way that I learned um, these, the four primary passages is the two twelves and the two fours. So 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. That was the way that I first learned kind of what those four passages were in seminary. So I don't know if that's helpful to you, but it's there in your notes if you want to try and... Uh, what's that, nerd? Yeah. Okay, what are you working on right now in school, Aaron? Uh-huh, all right, good. Right, right, right. Okay, so first primary passage uh, is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 28 through 30, and it'll be on your screen and in your notes, and I'll read that for us. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. There's a Greek phrase, me negoita. It's, um, it means um, absolutely not. And so the, it's tucked into each of these phrases in the Greek. So when these questions are being asked, it's, there's an assumed no answer. They're rhetorical questions and it's obvious from the Greek. So anyone reading that, if we were reading that in the Greek, could be like, oh, well, he's obviously saying, of course, not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are teachers. And so we see a number of different things just from this first passage, and you guys have them listed there. We see the first eight gifts that are identified, that we're going to identify today. Apostle, prophet, teacher, miracles, kinds of healings, kinds of helping, kinds of administrating, and kinds of tongues. And so the big ideas that we can pull from that, from verse 28, we can see God does the work in, in appointing the gifts, as, and God has appointed in the church, right? That's what it says in verse 28. So we can learn that about spiritual gifts. Verse 28, it also says the recipients of these gifts is the church. It's God's spirit-indwelled people. So that's the target audience that's being talked about here. Also in verse 28, there are varieties of many of the gifts, and not each of those varieties is listed here by name. So in other words, this list isn't exhaustive. This list isn't exhaustive. So it says kinds of healings, kinds of helping, kinds of administrating. Right? So not everything is listed here. So that's good for us to know, important for us to know. And we'll see that again uh, as kind of a, a theme through these other passages as well. In verse 29 and 30, we see that one person will not have every one of the spiritual gifts. Not all are apostles, not all are prophets, right? So these are, that's another good principle or guideline for us to understand about that passage. Another key passage for us is 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read 1 through 11 here for us. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given, to each is given, a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, which is to say discernment, to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
Um, I've, I've kind of borrowed some of this construction from what Grudem does in his systematic theology text, where as he lists out the different gifts, he also he doesn't repeat them. Like he's he's trying to get a count, even though he's freely admitting, and we would admit also that there aren't that not all the gifts are listed. So what he's got here, like where it says nine, ten, eleven, five. He's saying, oh, well, we already had five in the previous list, and so he's just not repeating it there. So if that's confusing, that's what's going on there. So the new ones we have in 1 Corinthians 12 are word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, and then down on number 12, distinguishing between spirits, and then interpretation of tongues. Those are the new ones we have in this second major passage. Some notes we can pull out of that, some big ideas are there are varieties of spiritual gifts. Again, these lists are... Um, he's listing common expressions of the Spirit, but the list is not exhaustive. In verses 4 through 9, we see it's the same Spirit, Lord, and God that gives and empowers all the spiritual gifts. These are all coming from the same place. We see in verse 7 that all Christians are given spiritual gifts. All have a manifestation of the Spirit. So no one can say, I don't have any gifts, I don't have, God doesn't want to use me, or we, we can't go down that path. Scripture doesn't let us. Verse 11 says the Spirit portions out gifts and degrees of gifts in any way that he wills. So some might have a, a different kind of teaching gift and they may have a stronger teaching gift than others. Some might have a different gift of tongues that let's say that maybe that's something that happens only once in their lifetime. And for others, it's this thing that is just this regular drumbeat of what they experience as an outpouring of the spirit in their lives. Okay, let's go to the next one. Ephesians 4. Verses 7 through 12. Uh, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So, this one's a little different. Some scholars would, would talk about this as a list of offices more than a list of spiritual gifts. But even if that was the case, we were to take these as offices instead, you can see the attending gifts, right? You can see, I mean, if, if, we're talking, if this is not talking about gifts per se, but it's talking about uh, the office of a prophet, well, prophecy then is the gift that he would have, right? So this is a fair passage for us to include. Even if these are offices, they all have attending gifts that go along with them. Um, the new ones there would be evangelist and pastor-teacher. Okay? And then uh, the big ideas we can draw from this passage, again, verse 7, our spirit-given gifts are a means of God's grace. We read that in Burkhoff's quote earlier. They're a means of God's grace to us, a gift to us, and to be received as such. Verse 11 and 12, uh, we draw this idea that those with the leadership office and gifts are given such gifts that they would equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You guys have been hearing that verse a lot. If you've been to any of these discipleship trainings so far this year, you've heard that verse from uh, Ephesians quite a bit. And it's an important one. It's this idea of the priesthood of believers. We all have gifts. We all have responsibility to, uh, to know what those gifts are, to develop them, and to do the work of the ministry. Verse 12, then, all gifts are given primarily so that their use would build up in other words, strengthen and benefit the church, that we would benefit each other, that we would be serving each other as we use our gifts. All right. Uh, you guys can ask questions if you want along the way. Um, if you want to interject, just throw a hand up. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going because I'm worried we're going to run out of time. Uh, Romans 12 is another key passage for us here, starting in Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not... Think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads, leading with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So from there, we get several more new gifts to consider. We get serving, we get encouraging, we get contributing or giving, we get leadership, we get mercy. And big ideas we can draw from that is, again, that our varied spiritual gifts are gifts of God's grace exercised through faith, which God has also given each one of us. So his grace is a gift. His faith is a gift to us. The gifts that we receive, the spiritual gifts that we receive, also a gift to us. In verses 3 through 5, all being part of one body, each person matters, that tells us. Right? The, the body, if, if we've got a sick body part. Uh, so was Kyle in here? Did he already leave? So poor little Delaney has got these, these lungs that, that are filling with fluid, and she's got this, this pneumonia, um, and it's affecting every part of her body. She's had a temperature for a week and a half, and she's had trouble breathing, and she's had all these other problems. This is true of Christ's body, the church, as well. And so anybody in here not using their gifts, especially once we remove the obstacle of you discovering what those are, right? You're, you're putting fluid in the lungs of the church, right? In a very real way. We're interdependent on one another in a very real way. And so that's important for us to realize. A body's parts are fully interdependent. From verse 6 there in the Romans passage, our gifts are not to sit idle, but we're to use them. It says that we're to use them. Okay. The next passage here, uh, 1 Corinthians 7.7. 7. Uh, this is not one that I typically use. Grudem throws it in, and so I thought I'd throw it in. It's probably worth us talking about a little bit. Uh, it's just one verse. It says, I, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each one has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. And so here he's counting marriage and celibacy as spiritual gifts, which is pretty interesting. Uh, so again, Grudem lists this one as one of the gift passages, but not all do. This passage is interpreted in lots of different ways. One of the ways I saw, so in the Pillar New Testament commentary, one that, that we use uh, quite a bit, it's good, trustworthy commentary, and it's in the references section of your, of your notes at the end if you ever want to look at that. But um, what they suggest is that this passage might be referring more to gifts of living out the gospel faithfully despite challenges of celibacy, that that whole thing is a gift, that being able to faithfully live out God's calling on your life in a celibate way, that that's a particular spiritual gift. And the same thing for marriage, being able to live faithfully despite the troubles that marriage does bring um, and, and to do everything God asks us to do in a faithful way, that that is a spiritual gift that those who are married are given. And so that could be what's going on there. But either way, uh, worth us throwing on here as a consideration. And then the, really the fourth of the majors is 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. And uh, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as, God's, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
So the gifts that we see here, these are general categories of gifts. And so most of them we've already talked about. Most of the gifts that probably fit in these gift categories, we've probably already talked about. So when it says whoever speaks, that's talking about several different speaking type gifts. So that could be prophecy, could be teaching, um, could be exhortation. Then the other gift category, whoever renders service, covering a wide range of serving. So that could be hospitality. It could be, I mean, just any number of the, of the gifts that we've already covered. And so things we can also pick up from this passage are that all Christians have spiritual gifts. There are no exceptions. So again, as each has received a gift in verse 10. Also in verse 10, the use of all spiritual gifts is to serve one another. We see that emphasized again. We've already seen that once, but here we see it again, driving that point home. And then in verse 11, to use our spiritual gifts in service to one another is ultimately purposed to bring glory to God. We see that connection of glory to God and service of one another and our joy all, all commingled and mixed together. It's really a beautiful picture. Okay, so those are the big passages. Those are the main ones that Scripture outlines that show us lists that give us the broad categories, the, some of the main uh, gift categories. But again, we saw several times where it talked about different kinds of each one, and so we know this isn't exhaustive. Uh, other things for us to keep in mind as we think about spiritual gifts and as we move toward the assessments. Some gifts are, by nature, temporary some gifts are by nature temporary or moment-in-time type gifts that we can't always exercise as an act of our own will. Um, celibacy, for many, will be temporary. If that's a gift, for many, that will be temporary. Eventually, they'll be married. Um, marriage um, is not something we always are, right? And so if that's a spiritual gift, it's not something we always have. Evangelism, the Spirit doesn't always uh, give us a specific utterance to say to a specific person in every moment, Right? And so even those with the gift of evangelism, you might call that a moment in time. While we're all called to practice a lifestyle of evangelism, some that have the gift of evangelism would say they feel a particular spirit-enabled ability to just walk up and have that conversation in a way that's compelling and moving and spirit-led. And so that's something for us to consider. The Holy Spirit is ultimately the working agent when we use our gifts. And according to 1 Corinthians 12, he apportions the gifts as he wills. Therefore, some gifts may be temporary. Some may even change over time as God would will it. Okay, so that's important for us to remember. Um, passages that we're not looking at in detail, but I mentioned them already. Uh, we're responsible for not neglecting the gifts that we've been given. We're commanded to not neglect them. Scripture commands us of that in 1 Timothy. And instead, we're we're exhorted to develop the spiritual gifts we have, to fan the flame of the gifts that we have been given. And so if you think you might have the gift of discernment, but you don't find yourself all that discerning all the time, but you take this test and the test makes that really clear that that's something and you've never even thought of that, that, that doesn't mean you don't have it just because it's not something that you can intuitively go, oh yeah, that's totally me. I mean, a lot of what the, what the results books, booklets will show you, you'll be like, oh man, that, that just nailed me. But for some things, that might not be true. And so it might be a failing of the tool, but it might also be that you just need to develop that gift. We're called to develop our gifts. So I was telling, so I was having Dylan take, uh, our oldest, take this assessment with us. And, um, and I was asking him, you know, he, he, was, he was talking to me about, um, gosh, where was I going with that? I totally lost my thought I'm trying to, Trying to think of what he said. Something he doesn't do well now. Yes, I'm sure it was something in that category. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was something to do with that. And I was just, 
and I was just telling him, oh, well, I, I kind of see this in you, buddy, or I kind of see that in you. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Uh, I'm sure that's where I was going. I'm sure, I think there was a better story there than that, but, um, but something like that. You, thank you for the encouragement, Daniel. That's, that's really kind. You do not have the gift of encouragement. That's good. I, I can answer that one for you. You're going to score low on that. Um, so, First Timothy tells us we're not to neglect the gifts. Second uh, Timothy tells us we are to develop those gifts intentionally. And so just because uh, a gift that someone tells you that you have or that you see on the assessment doesn't resonate with you doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have it. Okay? Um, John Frame, in his systematic theology, in the section where he's talking about gifts, uh, I'm pieced together a couple of his sentences here in this section, but he said something like this, and I thought it was, uh, thought it was powerful. In God's providence and through our heredity, Environment, education, temperament, and interest, our spiritual gifts are used and our best ways of serving God are realized. And so God in his sovereignty and providence, uh, we were born where we were born, in the country that we were born, in the city that we were born, in the state that we were born, into the family that we were born into. And so we have a certain set of experiences that come from our heredity. We have a certain environment. We've had certain opportunities to have varying degrees of education. Uh, some of that is our temperament then. Is some of that has been caused by our experiences. Some of it is born into us. Our interests have been shaped by all these things as well. And all, again, under this umbrella of God's sovereignty and providence. And then he gives us these gifts. And he says, okay, I've set you up in this pile of different circumstances and in a particular place in a particular time in history. And I've given you particular gifts. And through all of that mixed together is how we figure out the best ways for us to serve God. Okay? So all these things work together, is what I want to say. Okay? Now, how can we then know how to develop our spiritual gifts? Well, first, we have to know what they are. So what can we do about that? We can intentionally identify and use tools that will help us understand and leverage how God has designed us. And we can intentionally seek out various opportunities to use our gifts and then look for the help of other Christians to affirm that gifting. And so if your results say you have the gift of prophecy... Um, you shouldn't just probably go around and just start declaring that and just <laughs> declaring anything you want and calling that the word of God. Um, but someone might say to you, as you go about trying to develop that gift, they might say, man, you, you sure seem to have just kind of an understanding of things or you, you seem to have a word from God sometimes that you'll share, which even that language makes me a little uncomfortable, but I have to admit, you, you kind of nail it a lot of the time. I mean, so whatever that looks like in our day and age, whatever prophecy looks like, people will affirm that. People will affirm if they think you are a good teacher or not. You'll have teaching opportunities. God will open doors for you to come in and take a teaching role or uh, things like that, right? So whatever your gift is, look for people to affirm. Ask them to give you honest feedback. And even if they tell you you're no good at it, if you feel like God's told you yes and you feel like other tools have told you yes, then maybe that just means you need to develop it. So there's no easy answers. I'm just wanting to give you guys the categories by which to wrestle through this as we dig into what your gifts might be and work through these assessments, Okay. Um, workshop. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Can I have a couple people help pass out? Not Daniel, because he's not encouraging. <laughs> okay, so you guys are going to get a book. I've used a number of different tools over the years for spiritual gifts. Forgive the cheesiness of the cover. It's really cheesy. Um, it has not been updated in quite some time, I promise you, uh, the artwork. But 
Pastor Joel will have lots of things to say about that, I'm sure. Where is he? There he is. Okay. Um, he'll complain. But there are two big, two big uh, questionnaire survey assessments that I want you to take in this book. And I want you to work your way through the whole book later. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and leave room for 45 minutes to an hour for you guys to finish these two main assessments. And then before you start digging into the assessments, will you look at the last page in your notes, the, the note packet I gave you. And what you've got there is a results assessment page. And so when you finish these, we'll get back into the assessment tool in a second. If you just look at that last page, what I'd love for you to do is list out kind of your top five spiritual gifts in the order of their ranking, and then list out your, your DISC, D-I-S-C. That's the second assessment that you're going to take. It's like a personality, temperament, wiring kind of a test. Some of you may have taken one before. And this is what the results block will look like for that, the one that's on the bottom of page nine there. That'll be what it looks like in your book as well. And so if you can just give us your gifts, give us your DISC profile answers and results, and then hand that in to one of us on your way out or throw it up here on the stage or something before you go to your breakout. Um, and what we'll do is we'll add this into your online Sound City profile. And so it'll so always... you can input all of those for <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Got the gift of serving. I can do that. <laughs> Not afraid. Um, so that's what we'll do for you in that. And that'll, so that'll help us get to know you guys a little bit better. It'll help us know, like if a bunch of you marked down craftsmanship, we're going to know, oh gosh, there's some craftsmanship folks that we didn't even know were out here in the church. And it'll probably give you great joy to be part of some of these projects that we might call you into. So we might bug you with an email once in a while. But other than that, this is really just to help us know you better and uh, for us to just rest this in your profile for you so that you can evaluate it from time to time and be like, oh yeah, back when I took it in 2015, this is kind of what God was doing in me. This is kind of what I sensed the gifts that God had given me and where he had me in this season. And then those things, again, like we said, some of those may be temporary. They may have changed, et cetera. Okay? So I'd like you to fill that out at the, at the, at the end. Uh, going back uh, to page seven here where we're talking about the workshop. So you've got two profiles. You've got the, the spiritual gifts profile, which is on pages two through six. Okay. So in addition to the cheesy cover, the instructions are really good, but they're kind of sometimes in weird places. So just... Read those instructions slowly and carefully. Um, I sped through it the, the last time I took it, and I, I messed up where I put some of the results, and so I'm just encouraging you to, to read through that carefully. Um, on this first one, this, the gift survey, you're, you're taking a look at 185 statements or so, and you're going to answer one through five from seldom true about me or almost never true about me to almost always true about me. Okay, if you pick three, this is like any of those standardized tests, if you pick three for everything, if you pick sometimes for everything, the results are not going to be terribly helpful to you. So uh, I would say limit yourself to like one, three per row of questions if you can. Try and limit your threes because that'll help you get better results that, that more reflect the variety of how God's wired you. Otherwise, you just can't have a flat line through the middle in your chart at the end, and that's not going to be terribly helpful to you. Okay, so that's the first profile. The second one is the more personality temperament wiring profile. Um, that one, the same deal. Just read the instructions carefully. I'll, I'll filter around and help you uh, fill in some of those charts. You've got to count up things a certain way and plot them on a certain chart. And uh, So just, again, just watch the, the directions carefully, and you guys will be just fine. Uh, after you finish those two assessments, I'd love you to complete that assessment results page and submit it. Then, as time allows, we will go to some team breakouts. And then I just want to encourage you, points five and six there, just in the days to come, 
because you're not going to have time to reference them all in here. But the beauty of this little booklet, what it does is, so you're going to take the gifts assessment, you're going to take the disc personality, temperament, dealy, and the results pages that follow these assessments actually blends these two things together, which is really, really cool. So it says if you have a teaching gift and you have a temperament of a high C on the disc profile, these things are probably true of you. And here are some of the things that you need to avoid, some of the risks in having that gift with that particular temperament. And here's some of the things that you might want to do in the church. Here's a big list of things that you might want to do if you have this particular combination. And so that's what all those pages after each assessment uh, helps you do. And so it's going to take you some time to process this. This might be a really great thing to do in community group, quite honestly. It's for you guys to process these things together and then for the leader to write these things down so you'll know how to encourage one another to serving, using your gifts, things like that. Uh, so this is a really great tool. You're not going to exhaust it, but I wanted, what I wanted to at least give us time to do in here is just begin that process and get through those two assessments. So um, I'm going to let you read it on your own, but on page eight there is just when the next discipleship training is, which is a family meeting. Uh, there's a next steps resource from Sam Storms, who you, we know and love. Um, and then there's some resources that I looked at in, as I was putting some of these notes together, if you're just curious about where some of this came from. Um, but I'll let you look through that on your own and ask questions later.